What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly movie podcast for movies that have been rebooted, remade, sequelized, adapted, or otherwise have source material and may or may not have been needed. Of course, we come to do this because why are we doing it? Is the market necessary? Are they doing it better? Are we saying something unique or different? Probably not, but we're going to figure it out. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me today is Zane Guzelderly. Hello. And Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And because this week uh, we really need to examine the hit film Long Shot, <laughs> the remake of the Son classic. Of bitch. I got suckered into coming down here for Long Shot. Seth no, Rogen, no, I'm out. No, in no world. In fact, as of recording this, Long Shot has not even come out. As of recording this, we are at the 11th anniversary of Iron Man which started the Marvel Cinematic Universe in 2008. And I thought it would be fun considering Endgame, which will now be out for two weeks. So the spoilers are up. I believe yeah. the Russell brothers said they May, say May 6th. 6th. The Monday, yeah. And they, I guess, can say whatever they yeah, want they, now. If they, they've written a, they've just get, given Disney a billion dollars off the four days. They can say whatever the hell they want to. They can. Yeah. I thought it would be done, fun can. to do a little retroactive conversation about it. Where we yeah. were when we saw the movie, how we felt about the movie when we saw it, what it means now, how we feel about the send-off for Iron Man. So full spoilers for a movie that's 11 years old and full spoilers for a movie that is 11 days old. Oh, wow. Iron. Well, I don't know that that's an exact the, number. The it just sounded good. Oh, it sounds good. Yeah, it is. That's so poetic. It was like, <laughs> God damn it. I'm so happy to yeah. be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. So the year is 2008. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what was it? what was it like... My first question to both of you, the excitement for the movie. Where were you guys at? Where, was this on your radar? Were you interested? So at this point, well, this is now a high school Zane, uh, <laughs> who is, a, I believe, a freshman or a sophomore. It's the end of one of those years, and I'm, I'm aware of the movie because they have a great floating head poster. And as like an mm-hmm. Indiana Jones fan, it, it feels like you know one of those old classic you know, Spielberg, you know, posters that, you know, you you gravitate towards. Right. Now, consider this. We were already marching towards the Dark Knight with what was our fifth Batman. Correct. You know, and I I love Batman. He, he is my number one character. I've been obsessed since I was a kid. It, it just, I, I've seen so much Batman at this point. Still very excited that when Iron Man kind of came around... Mm. And I saw that movie, which I loved, very clearly. I'm a huge fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I went and saw it a second time that week, and I took my brother, and my dad was with me, and I was like, let's all watch this together. Like, this is a big thing. The prospect of it was just years and years and years. Because there was, like, a, there was the hint of, like, you know, I know that, like, the, the movie was successful very quickly. Immediately. And, and, and they kind of knew. Like, when you saw... Sam Jackson at the end of that film and they introduced Nick Fury that everyone ran out of that theater yeah. with endless possibilities and and that is what has fueled me for 11 years even now where this character is you know kind of getting a send off in the way that he is in Endgame I don't know exactly how long it'll be before or if Robert Downey Jr. will come back yeah I, I feel like if he is coming back it should be a while before that happens it will definitely, yeah, lessen the impact of what we've been Correct. through in the, all of the three-hour runtime of Endgame. Yeah. Um, it's funny. 2008, I was four years in my move from Detroit to California. I've been out here about four years. At that point, though, all I cared about, I was the opposite of you. Like, 
I was a massive Batman fan, and I lo- I adore Batman Begins. Still, might be my favorite Batman film. I think Dark Knight does more for Joker than it does for Batman, but I think Batman Begins is my favorite Batman film. So I was excited as I all get out for the Dark Knight. So this one wasn't really that much on my radar. I I I, I was aware of it because Iron Man at that point in time was like a C less C list character for Marvel. Like the most that I had kind of oh, known that's from being him. Generous. generous. Too. So it's like D might be more on the on the cusp, but I the most that I've had known from him was from the Marvel Alliance games and some stuff that I had seen in like the Justice League cartoons that were kind of I'm not Justice League, I'm sorry, the Marvel Ultimate um Alliance, Alliance yeah. cartoons that are, had come out. So that was my kind of my brain of him. And I enjoyed Robert Downey Jr. a lot and I enjoyed John Favreau as a director. I didn't kind of see him as the director for this for Iron Man at that point in time. I was like, oh, that's a weird thing. The guy who did Swingers and Zathura. But but I was like, all right, fine, I'll give it a shot. So this was like one of the first Marvel films that I did not see in opening weekend. I kinda like I think I saw it the second weekend or maybe like the middle of the week of the, the first full release. And I just fell in love. Like the second I watched it, I was like, oh my God, this thing is amazing. Like this is really well done. And from that point on I was kinda like all right, I'm I'm in. No matter what the hell they did, even even without the button, like which I did see at the first point, like just the movie in itself before that button comes, just ending with "I am Iron Man." So you didn't see the button. The no, first I did, time. I did. Oh, you did, but I say even without that, I still just the movie itself. Oh, oh that was that unlike any superhero movie yeah. you'd ever seen before. Correct. That like, ending the was the coolest thing yeah. we had it's ever like, seen. Wait, did he just just reveal his yes. and they just kick on the song right, and yeah. you are they left you on such a high with that beat that you are just like cuz he runs through all the tropes the right. beauty of it now that I didn't realize then cuz I really wasn't even on my path to being interested in film I didn't know who John Favreau was okay. I barely knew who Robert Downey Jr was I knew comic books better but I didn't know Iron Man well and we went in on the trailer and we also went in my dad Prior to going, we were like, who is this Iron Man guy? And my dad was like, oh, he's awesome. He was in the Vietnam War, and his weapons do all the damage, and this, and this, and this. And we kind of went in, and we're like, this sounds kind of cool. Like, okay. And when they, like, kicked up that music and had that ending, all, me and my three friends were just like, holy <laughs> shit and he runs yeah. through all the superhero tropes well if I was a superhero I, I'd have this girlfriend right. and she I would just, know my secret yeah. identity and we go through kind of the rigmarole yeah. only to immediately have the rug pulled out and be like no yeah. and we're gonna gives, flip the script he gives this look that he's just like I'm there's no way I'm about to do this for the rest yeah. of my life. Right. There's no way I'm about to keep this a secret. Right. I'm I'm letting this out the bag. Right and now. it's where the addiction to it begins yeah. because there is no alcoholism in these movies and we're probably never going to get those movies and that's fine. Yeah. But that's really where the addiction to Iron Man that goes through this arc of this character where it's Iron Man 3 and I'm going to stop. And then finally in Civil War, it's well Pepper left because I said I was going to stop and I wanted to stop I and did. I never did stop because the truth is I don't want to stop. Right. And it starts there, yeah. where he's having fun. There's never a, like, Spider-Man or even Batman have these, like, reluctancies. I'm doing this for a purpose. The whole crux of the Dark Knight is, well, maybe I don't need to be Batman right. anymore. And the whole crux of Spider-Man 2 is, maybe I don't need to be Spider-Man anymore. There's never a moment in Iron Man where he doesn't think he needs to be Iron Man anymore unless it's for someone else. It's never for him. Right. There's never like, well, I could put this away and Rhodey could do it and Cap can do it and I have the Avengers. 
And what I remember too so much, even outside of that, I can't ever remember what movie it was, but me and that same group of friends saw another movie a year ago, a few months ago, whatever it was, and found out something was after the credits. I now in my mind want to say it was Wanted. I thought it was Star Trek, but I don't think the original Star Trek had a post-credit scene. I don't think so. Or anything. It might not have been Wanted either. I don't know. But there was something we missed. And we were all so mad. Right. And everyone got up and I was like, wait, you know, guys, remember how, like... That irritated we were when we missed that thing. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, why don't we just... Wait it out. Well, I was going to say, because of the whole X-Men origin, was that before or after this? I'm trying to think. That was uh, that was before. Cutscenes cut were already a thing, though. Weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Rarely, but yeah. Rarely. I'm trying to think, because there were, there were moments that I had missed in movies. I, I Like, the most famous one I can think of is Ferris Bueller. Where he kind of comes back after yeah. the credits as like a as like a brief stinger. I th- I think what it is for these though, this was the first time that I had read ahead a... that I needed to stay though. I think that's why I did. I wasn't right. like I'm gonna sit through the credits like a good film lover. It wasn't but I anything think like this that. is the first time like where you have it for X Men or you have it for Ferris Bueller, and those films never got a sequel or a direct sequel where that character who was or something that happened in that post credit ha- affected what was going on in the next part. This was the first series that what happened in that final credit became a through line for what was going to happen. The, in the, 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 the stinger the of, of words on the screen where it's like they will return right. was done verbally with a new character Correct. and and quite literally with James Bond. The, well, the biggest, right. the biggest, like you know, action star at the time. He Sam, just he just surpassed Harrison Ford. And yeah, Samuel was like the most. The, he was probably one of the most recognizable. So if you put somebody it, of that big of a caliber at the end of your film, you're like, wait, so this is this is going on for a while then? And it immediately started. Um, as I think it did with a lot of people, this like love of pop culture and comic books. Because he was like, I want to talk about the Avengers Initiative. And I was sort of the like comic guy for my friends. And even my yeah. non- knowledge was limited. But like we left and they were all like, Blake, what, what who, who are the Avengers? Yeah. Who is on this team? Yeah. Which is a hard thing to pin down because oh, it changes yeah. all the time. Because the first answer I got was, well, there were a lot of teams. Yeah. And then I was like, well, what the fuck is that mean? <laughs> right. That's yeah. awesome. What yeah. are the West Coast Avengers? Right. I, Set me down like a comics, Wikipedia well, pages, yeah. I, and for and again for eleven years I did this after all these movies for the Stones and right. Thanos, all of it. And do you remember? I was uh, I used to play a lot of Ultimate Frisbee, and I remember going to one game, and everyone was talking about Iron Man, and I was like, I'm gonna just look up like what else is coming out, and IMDb had listed. Movies that never even got officially announced. Mm-hmm. Nick Fury, yeah. Ant-Man, yeah. this just laundry list. And I was like, oh man, we are about to get everything. But the conversation was that Robert Downey Jr., who we've yet to officially mention, who who all of us, you're, you're, we're talking about these moments is all because of one great actor. He's phenomenal yeah. in he's, everything he does. He's the screen. reason. Yeah. They... Kevin Kevin Feige recognized this. There are so many nuances. That's why they kept that he just extending does. his yeah. contract. It's why he's in nine of the twenty-two Correct. Marvel films. Yeah. And even when he only shoots on one for three days, like Spider-Man: Homecoming, he is woven into the story so almost flawlessly yeah. and integrally. Like yeah. it's so well, important to the movie that he's there. And it's crazy that we like without this, we wouldn't have him. And he's a brilliant actor, and he's incredible. But and you were saying today while we were at work, Zane, that the studio originally. Did not want him there. Did well, not want to insure him. Tom Cruise. Everyone wanted Tom Cruise. This was being done at Paramount, which he had already started doing the Mission Impossible missions, yeah. films there. He was around the number one actor at the time. And yes, 
Robert Downey Jr., who was, was less famous, was more famous was exactly for his exploits actor, yeah. and all of the stuff that he's outlined. And which the one thing I've admired the most is even through all of his recovery and his constant battle at like staving off like addiction and all of that, he doesn't like to talk about it. But he's never tried to cover it up. No. He's been very public with it. He has grown. Yeah. And it reflects exactly who, the representation of what we've gotten in Tony yeah. Stark. Because when you watch the first Iron Man, before he goes through his transformation in the cave, he is an extremely huge, problematic He's whale that treats women like, like shit, trash. that wants yeah. to just have sex with everything. Anything that moves. Boozing, rich, I don't care, haha, and... You still kind of like it. You like the way that he can deliver those lines, and you like his, right, his, his charisma. Well, there's a lot of and wish that's what stuck around, right? Yeah. Like, they change him in that first film where it's like, had we done this in the 90s, this is how Tony Stark would have been. Well, he would have gone through the correct. Vietnam War. He would have had an alcohol problem. We would have followed it this way. But yeah. now that we're taking it in the direction we are. Yeah. Well, and you immediately adapted it into a, a world that needed that hero. I remember being in film school and they were like, why are we doing all these superhero movies? And I was like, well, we need a hero right now. And they were like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, you know, it's, we're in the middle of the war on terror yeah. in Iraq and bombs and this. And, and by making him connected to the Middle East and Iraq, you immediately connected him to our real tangible world. And in yep. doing so, updated the character in a way that made him last and resonate right. with our society for the rest of the time. Yeah. Because it was a story of, I make weapons, but should I pull out? There are a lot of parallels of, well, we as a nation are always going in, but should we be there? Should yeah. we be interfering? This thread follows this character this entire time. There's this weird like world police idea that the Avengers get to in Civil War that Tony stops being about. There's constantly a representation in this character of what we are dealing with and going through. And it makes him and the way he deals with it and the way we even started out with he's just so nonchalant and, well, I wouldn't call myself Picasso if I don't paint. Yeah. Well, what about the warmonger? Yeah, it's more accurate. Is almost how we acted in the 9 11 oh, world. Yes. There was a I while was. where it was like going with the bombs, yep. find them the and blow them up. Yeah. And by the end of it, we were like, well, hold, will we, have we disrupted this? Have we made bigger problems? What are we doing? What should we be doing? It's funny because 2008, like we said, Iron Man came out, but like literally two months, not even two months, maybe a month and a half later, Incredible Hulk came out. And while that movie wasn't that good, it did have the post credit where Tony with would come him, in. It solidified. Everything yeah. for me because I'm like, oh shit! Now because obviously Nick Fury showing up in in Iron Man is one thing, but you're now having a character from a completely different movie show up in another character's movie. Like, okay, and not even talking to Banner, he's talking, talking to, to General Ross, right? Which is just like, well, this is not how we know things. Yeah. It's like, what's going on? And that's what they've successfully done for the most part. There are just shit stingers that are now there yes. because they started a whole thing. They're like, well, we have to do this, so let's right. just troll them a little bit. Which I was never really cool about, especially, you know. Yeah. Not, not that, you know, we shouldn't be sitting and giving everyone the time and the credits, but there are long credit rolls. <laughs> True, correct. Very long there credit rolls. There are long credit rolls. But, but yes, I, I think, you know, uh, the the one thing was, like you said, it was post-9-11, and so they instilled the, the, you know, as the character went on past the first Iron Man, the anxiety inside of him. The PTSD of the Avengers event and his I almost love the play after frantic, right? Yeah. His frantic behavior, which is almost just like, like it could have been the alcoholism. Yeah, you know, 
Like I mean, it is, it is like a still a problem for him that he has to cope with. I mean, and you he get tackles a, it head on the same you way. You get a character that at his heart is still very human. He's built these machines, but he's human. But all of a sudden now he's in this world. Where he's dealing with aliens. He's dealing with big green things. He's dealing with a god that comes from the skies. Like I'm just a guy in a suit. I'm a man in a can. Yeah. Yeah, and his comment, his self commentary and the deprecating humor, like self deprecation, right. like it works very well. Yeah. And and it, it's it's great until it like he can't use it as a mask anymore, and it really affects him in Iron Man three. Because even if you don't like Iron Man three, if you hate Iron Man two, you cannot dispute that they ever got the character wrong. Well, right. and he, he to Robert Downey Jr.'s point. credit, and I love Iron Man three. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know like that's. Yeah, a, I think we all are on that. Uh, Iron Man. It's one of my favorites. I know it's a it's a controversial one, but there's never been a moment where you've put him in a movie and I have not liked watching him. Correct. And that's an incredible feat. I can't think of any other actor or character, even some of my favorite franchises like Star Wars or Mission Impossible. Where you stop liking someone for a little bit. Yeah. yeah, there's like moments where you're like, well, what are we doing with it's, this character? And this actor isn't playing it off. And everything you, you know put Robert really Downey in, is he kills. He does, in Civil War, he is sort of a quasi antagonist to the rest of the like to Cap and right. still you still kind of feel for him. Well, in that's that that's the whole thing. It what it became a true civil war. When you hear the Russos talk about it, they're like, we had to approach Robert Downey Jr. to essentially be the villain in our film, right? And it spurred a whole team Cap, team Tony. I was team Tony. I was team Iron Man all the yeah. way. I was like, yeah. you guys are fuck because that's the one thing where the Marvel got smart because. As DC was rolling out their universe, they weren't taking the old the trope of listen, we gotta fuck the city up. It didn't sit well with people after huge national tragedies were happening. The current audience had lived through. And so you can't necessarily remove that element out of a crash and blockbuster, but they did. And, and they chose to start giving it commentary. Yeah. And that is totally what changed the Civil War, which isn't necessarily even about that. You no. know, it's more about the identities and, and kind of those those personal like, you know, those moments you take this step forward and kind of be like, this is who I am, I'm I take responsibility. Right. right. But we were looking at the death tolls and your actions. And you just and what start thinking done. about, like, oh, New York? Yeah, there's a lot of I'm crap like, yeah, that just blew up in New we're York. We're not really doing this in Man of Steel. We yeah. talk about what happened, but, like, I don't feel that, like, any movie ever truly learns from it because we just do the same situation over and over well, and, and over. Well, and they position again. in Civil War both sides so well. You really Correct. see every boy, everyone's coming from. And I think that's the other thing that they've made Iron Man do well. He always positions his argument so intellectually that even when he's wrong, and he's wrong so often in Quite this often. universe, <laughs> you get it. Yeah. When it's, I see a suit of armor around even the world. When he builds Ultron, I'm so like, the real yeah, threat is I, up there. Right. And I've like, seen it, and it's mm-hmm. coming back, and that's the end game. And that goes full circle until end game when he sits down with Cap and he's like, remember what I said? Yeah, I wanted us to be ready, but no, it interfered with our freedom. Yeah, we weren't allowed to do it, and, and he really... still thinks he's one hundred percent right in what he was saying. And like some of them, he's not all the way wrong. I, Even yeah. in Endgame, when he very selfishly and non heroically, and as much as I love this choice, it is a non heroic choice. Goes, we can bring everybody back, but I'm keeping what I have. Yeah, and you go, well, okay, but like you lucked out. And got to live a life. Maybe everybody else just wants to go back. Yeah. Like, you are now making the selfish Which, which makes choice. the Pepper statement, which is like, I, But he defends that choice so well. Yeah. Well, let me even throw two cents in there, too. The aspect that they're talking about was, it isn't that he holds the answer in that moment. Because I feel like if Tony did have the answer for time traveling at time, and we did tell you spoiler alert, so don't get mad at me because I yeah. said this. Yeah. 
it is the type of thing where if Tony knew how to do time travel, he's like, no, we're not doing that because I'm holding on to it. That would be uncharacteristic. Like, it's like, why would I sit down? I don't and think it's uncharacteristic. I think it would be for him not to help it if he had something that No, that would be. What I'm saying is it, it's completely in his character to be like, I want to keep what I want. It's the Cap and the other heroes probably would have been like, fuck the good things that have come out of this. We're just going back because everybody well, gets that chance. And they still do. They still reach out to Banner after him who can right. only quasi do what they're looking well, for. Well, you have to think right. about it too. In, in their failure. I mean, his choice of going... I'll do I'm this. Because what about... You think about globally... Even bringing everybody back with five years, Peter's lost five years. Right. T'Challa's lost five years. Scott Lang does not Wait, have five like, years with his this, daughter. I don't want to lose these five years. And Tony's pretty much I, like, my five years have been okay. Hey, I have five years with my daughter, right. so fuck the five you exactly. get with yours, yeah, yeah. is what he's saying. And it's like, that's not a heroic choice. It's a selfish choice. It is. But he defends it yeah. so well that we all go, well, of course. Right. And that's what makes that character and that actor so strong, is that he can come at it from a side that you might not agree with and you're still like, well, yeah. Because he plays the best kind of self-verbalized devil's advocate where he's just like, we'll make it worse. Yeah. We'll make it, he looks at all things. Everything. Everything. And that's, that's fair because yeah. he didn't do that in the past in some of these films and look how bad it fucked him. Right. So ultimately they have to do that but it was nice seeing him not go gung-ho. Right. I felt because I was like, this is just change of pace different which is all Endgame is designed to do. Endgame is supposed to take your perceptions of what a follow-up to Infinity War would be and kick it on its head. I mean, because if you really, really think about it, all for the original six, all of them are dealing with failure in one way or the other. But Tony is the one who... He was also His told. failure was yeah. kind of... Right. And his failure, he kind of came up. He got his family. He got... Everyone else is suffering. He's kind of like, I'm living my life. And he winds up... Second chance. Which is why I say... I, I get what you're saying, but his he sacrificed his perfect stuff to kind of basically like I lost this kid, which was Spider-Man was this big thing that he failed like he failed on. I'm giving all of this up for the possibility to kind of save all these people and bring all these people back. That's as heroic. Well, as he also get. makes the last sacrifice, which is. Oh, but that's always what yeah. Tony's character has been. Tony's right. character has always been the like, I'm not going to make the big sacrifice, and, and then, then he I does do. It. Right, he's always been the guy that says, "I'm a dick. I'm a dick." He knows I'm a dick. I know I'm a dick. But when it comes down to doing it, I'm going to take this bomb back up into the Even, goddamn well, space. See, and I would say part of that is is stubbornness and hearing it too, because Cap makes that line before that moment happens. Where it's like, no, 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 you, you're not the guy to lay down on the wire and let the other guy crawl over you. He's like, no, I cut the wire. Right. And I'm like, ah, again, you're playing that fucking smart yeah. little witty devil's advocacy you do. Yeah. But yeah, he'll always do the right but thing. But they, they keep putting him in positions where he can't. Right. When he has the nuke in New York, there is no cutting the wire. Right. right. It is yeah. just like, you have to go do and this. It's so when he gets the gems at the end, there is no... Correct. And it's so good because Cap is, in his his story, Cap is the guy who will jump on a grenade and you're led to believe that Iron Man won't. And then when it comes down to it time after time again, Iron Man is jumping on that grenade too. Right. And that's kind of who Tony Stark is as a character. And but I think that's also why Tony likes Cap so much, yes. is that he knows that Cap will do it by default, where Iron Man still has to do the math behind well, the action. Well, I guess work it out Tony in grew hand. up listening to his father tell stories of the Talk heroic Captain America. Yeah. So, of course, when you finally met him, and you were, like, matched at his age and I have, have the same responsibilities, up. like... Yes, in the back of his mind, though, he would never say it. No. And it's like, fuck you, Cap, you're doing it wrong. You're right. not listening to me. Right. And I love that. That yeah. dynamic was great. It and is. it worked when we split them apart and held them apart for years only for them to come back in this film and yeah. like have to make 
some really tough, risky calls and just see them work together in a way they've never worked together before. Yeah. So cohesively and so right. just like one on top just of the, the first, other, we the, can the do two, it together. I like, think that's one of the things I loved about Endgame so much that you got to see the two of them, like after they did the New York stuff, it was just the two of them that went further back. And I was like, yeah, they needed that moment where it was just yeah. them. Well, it's something we never got. Right. Like right. for all the great moments in this entire franchise, when you kind of look at it in the context of comic books, which is just so much bigger and vast anyways, there's a part of me that's like, well, I really want my just like, good Avengers mission that we're never going to get. And I really want my, like, Cap and Tony are together and Cap and Thor and Tony. And it's like, yeah, well, we had to do this narrative differently because I'm not going to get a movie every year. Correct. Which means you're not always going to get just like, it's a fun romp. (laughs) Right. Um, Which is, you know, is what it is. But so what did we think then? I guess we covered Iron Man 1 enough. How did we feel about this send-off now that it's over? Look, the Russos do their homework. And they go back, you know, and, and I and I feel like the writers also do that. And there is a lot of fan service, which some people don't find that attractive. I love, oh, I love it too. It. Yeah, I, I I don't have a problem with it, but for a series their finale, attention to detail is, though is, is even great. bigger. You know, yeah, like something I sent uh, I sent Blake a while back was just a comparison shot from uh, Iron Man two and Infinity War. Where Thanos, you know, does the whole, oh, all of that for a drop of blood. And I'm like, you remember what Ivan Vanko said to him in the jail cell? It was like, if you could make God bleed, people will stop believing in him. And I was like, and that's what happened. That yeah. was the turning point. Because they, he knew. Even though he was broken down, you know, like, and that's just a small moment from Iron Man 2. Yeah. You know, when we when we decide to have a funeral, there isn't a body, there isn't a viewing. Instead, there's a little send-off where they take you show the, the old core that has... show that Tony Stark has a heart. Exactly. Yeah. And they and they do, like, almost a Viking funeral where they just kind of push it out onto the pond right. while everyone just shares, like, a moment of silence. Yeah. There's no talking. No one says a they're word. They're not reading a poem. It's not being ultra, like, schmaltzy. Instead, yeah. they're all dressed in black and being quiet and respectful. And that resonates, too. It does. And, and the way that everyone kind of just... Work and, and some people and are doing like standing him. by exactly. themselves, like Maria's like not around anybody else. Nick's they all have their own interaction with Tony, whether it be good, bad, or just like just oh, this dude was a freaking pain in my ass they, sometimes. They but bring I just want to kind of have Ty this Skimson from yeah. three who's completely grown up now, but right. even even that character had a huge. I mean, you think about it in the him. history of these films, Hank Pym and Tony didn't really get along, but he showed up at that damn funeral. They never met each other. No, they, there's some things with that. He says his father. They imply, like, imply, but like Tony, Tony never seen. met Robert Downey Jr. Junior and Michael met. Douglas never, never had a and, scene And you're together. right. In the, in the course of these films, he's only spoken negatively about, about Starks. Starks. Right. Yeah. So it's like that's a huge moment for him to be there. Yeah. Because he recognized that he was gone for five years, yeah. you know? And thank God they were able to come back. They were as old as they were. Correct. You know? So yeah. this this was this was a labor of love that had a lot of work put into it, and it shows when you watch it. This wasn't a fast, easy ending. It is a complicated one, which is why it's sparking so much debate among fans about the timeline, the time travel aspect, how things play out. And, yeah. and at the end of the day, it's like, well, because we've now added time travel there really is no way to do this which it does shore up the the wobbly timeline that's always kind of existed among these films yeah so now it's like well it does, well it this is, who we the also, fuck cares yeah, it's like, like, well, like whatever you're playing in too. doctor who now i think when you get into the point because i i've watched so many i've read so many comic books and i've watched so many comic book shows like the flash which just fucked with timelines left and oh, right yeah they I'm don't kind of just like well all right it's a comic you're book in it you know you're it, in it you're, you're we've you're never done time travel so even us being like well wouldn't it be like we could be wrong we could discover time travel in 10 years and it'd be like 
Well, the thing is, is you go back in time and you're just stuck there forever and it erases everything. But you take the onus of like, hey, we're going to make, this isn't a set in stone genre. Like, this is how it is. And this is how the rules are going to work. Exactly. Well, shit. And that's like more believable than anything else I've heard. And if I'm in my brain, I'm like, well, they told me that if a guy, a purple guy snaps his fingers, then half the world disappears. And I'm also going to take it in that they say, we go back in time and we can't affect the timeline. It branches off. Yeah, I'm fine with it. That's what I accept. That's what I mean. So back to 2008. So for Unless to- you have another point. for Tony, I feel like it was he got the perfect send off, and, and we didn't really talk about it. But like the his final words being the final words that happened in Iron Man One is yeah. some of the greatest like turnabout writing that and I've seen in my entire they've life. They've now used that also to end Iron Man Three. Yeah, and a part of me is like, okay, we're good. we got it. You're right. We did it for his trilogy. We did it for his movie, and we did it for the first well, huge was, thing in the MCU. It was a declaration. It was a personal. It was like, an acceptance. Confidence, I still, I, an acceptance, I believe, right. and this was like, don't ever forget it. Like right. I'm telling you, you say you're inevitable. I am Iron Man. Right. Yeah. And it was awesome. It's great. Those gems slide up his gauntlet. Yeah. yeah. So back to 2008. What was it? we all loved the movie, but yeah. do you remember? Why? We talked about Robert Downey Jr. Was there anything else in it? The action, the story, I, these other I, characters. I'll tell you what did it for The me. differentiation. This was like, everything was taking off in comic book Correct. movies. Yeah, it was very different from... The Dark Knight had the just Dark come Knight, out. Well, The Dark Knight came out after. This came out before The Dark Knight. What, what, what was really weird to me about this movie and that I really loved is that, kind of like Batman Begins, is that the first act of this movie has no superhero in it. It's literally just Tony and this other gentleman in a cave going through shit for like a good hour of this movie. And I was like, that's a ballsy thing to do for what you have promoted in all your trailers as this red this red guy flying through the space. You don't get that until the second act of the film. And I'm like, you don't you don't see movies, especially at that point, you don't see movies take time like that, like that movie did. Right. And I was like, oh wow, this is an interesting and for me I was enthralled, so by the time that we got out of that cave, I was so invested in who Tony Stark was as a character that I would believe the my my sense of disbelief of like, oh, this guy built a suit and flying around the world, like I I that's automatic. I'll just take that because the character has been the groundwork has been laid. I think that's what it did really well because yeah. they wanted for a you know we just saw time travel and other dimensions <laughs> right. and aliens and yeah. infinity stones. But there was a time where Kevin Feige and Paramount, which is no longer even involved anymore, right. the studio Paramount say, well, this is a grounded superhero movie. Right. And I don't think you were going to get away with that unless we spent that much time in the cave. We had to see the blueprints. Mm-hmm. We had to see Tony. We had to watch him make this suit. We had to watch him make the Mark one yeah. and then the Mark two and do the experiments and do all this effort to buy in that it was even a feasible thing. Right. True or- origin story. Yeah. 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 And you got to know him very well in that cave. 100%. You did. Yeah. I think really it was after the fact. I think finishing the movie and, and thinking about it and like not being, uh, being more of like a comic book novice and being like, well, this is what S.H.I.E.L.D. is. And that means that this is probably like around somewhere. Which means if Shields around, it means that there's a Captain America somewhere. He could be frozen. Right. I was always like, when I re- like looked it up, they're like, oh yeah, from this time to this time, Cap was frozen. I'm like, he's just frozen he's somewhere. Just somewhere. And then like it was like characters that I'd always been interested in, like like the Hulk, but I never really liked the Angley movie or like saw like I was excited about that and Thor and 
it was again just the possibilities and seeing that it's like oh the ten rings this is a call to the mandrake yeah. shield this is what that means like all of the names and and all of the different it's like Easter egg the, drops like, it's here just, and there oh every it's five funny minutes or less going yeah. back to Iron Man one like we talk, a lot of people are like well you know Endgame is just so much fan service I'm like have you gone back to Iron Man one before they knew they were gonna get all these movies they're like let's throw the pl- everything but the kitchen sink the in plane here. is called Whiplash yeah. and the ten rings <laughs> yeah. and this is the no. mandrake and they They're say something so about much. rescue and yeah. all these other devices, and you're like, okay, we get it, guys. Did they mention rescue before this? Movie? No, I think no. he just says something where say, he's like, okay. I could have used a rescue, and people yeah. were like, oh well, right. like, yeah, it's like they were yeah, just they throwing got it. all sorts. Of, oh, finally, at long last, I've yeah. been waiting for that forever. It it's like, fine. They show you the war machine suit before we do that, and you're like, okay, guys. Yeah, next time, baby. But you're right. There were so many possibilities. For me, though, this this movie was also just so much about these side characters that make him so strong. Happy. Pepper, Obadiah Stane as this like just great unseen, this bizarre, over-the-top, but still rooted villain that had very unique motivations yeah. that kind of went beyond just I want to rule the world it was kind of one of the first superhero movies I felt that we got that had very personal stakes yeah. Obadiah really just wanted the business like, Dude, to be the business make money off of war like, yeah what the are you doing old ways the yeah. old ways yeah, yeah he, and they he would hard. go as far enough to make a big terrorist suit and like yeah. kill Tony to do this we get Coulson the first time that Coulson shows up in the entire universe is right there in Iron Man yep. 1 it's yeah. like it's a great he becomes a pretty much through line throughout this and yes he does stick with and it through Pe- TV and the comedy and Pepper there were so many things about the movie that made it stand out amongst everything else that still make it stand out right yeah. and that's when they went back and watched it they knew that and that's why they incorporated more of that and not you know loose threads from the incredible hulk where we're like well where are these it's like well we knew we knew where this was going and we know what to do now the hulk story isn't over you know it's Correct. it's even more complicated than it was before yeah. before to say so i i really think like they did fan service and they ended for a lot of characters like it is the end of cap 2 and that's like a little bit yeah. different where I'm like, I think that there's still some story to be told. I think like we might see the the what ifs. I would the be Marvel down if we do like right. an animate like an animated series of like that cap going back in the timeline and how he kind of just does. Oh, it. I or, mean or the possibilities are now in the right. 50s. Yeah, like yeah. there's no reason that he couldn't be there now. Right. Who knows? But as far as the focus for Robert Downey Jr., he has done that character has done everything it needed to. Oh yeah. From inception to growth to loss, yeah. to s- redemptions, and ultimately the giant final self-sacrifice. It is the, one of the oldest stories told. It, it's done in such an incredible it's fashion here that it really it. is done in its own way. And I I don't know that we'll see something like this as grand, big, or, or was, well done in our lifetimes again. Well, I think we all knew it was coming, and I was still yes. like, they really did it. Yeah. Well, that's they the really killed him. It's like, one of those it ones was... where, like, I knew, like, the writing was on the wall that we were losing both Cap and Tony. How we were doing it, we weren't one hundred percent sure. And but I was one hundred percent sure that we were. I was like, they're gonna just have them both go retire somewhere, just in case yeah, we like, ever I didn't can know, convince them to come back. But it's such a beautiful way that, of course, he sacrifices. Like, that's who Tony is as a person. Yeah. And I've seen this movie twice, and I'll probably see the third time. I've consistently, all the time, stayed through the credits to just watch his signature show up because I'm like, you've earned this. Like, oh, the literal sign off was yeah. great. Sign it's off. awesome. Yeah. 
yeah, like you've earned this. This 11 years, 23 films would not exist were it not for Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. showing up on screen that first time. Well, then my last question for you guys is, uh, what what does Iron Man mean to you as a character we followed? What is it about him that you're just like, this is what it, when I think of Iron Man and why he's resonated, here's what it means to me personally. It can be, it's a personal question. It's not meant <laughs> to just be, these are great movies. You could very much be like, I relate to this guy because of these things in my life or I just enjoy him because he's different than the other characters I like. Okay, then I'll, I'll, I'll take it in my own way and I'll, I'll be very brief with it because I don't I don't care to elaborate. Um, uh, <laughs> I have slept I, with yeah. so many... No, no, no. Um, <laughs> Tony uh, went through a phase where something that he knew, something that he was good at, was something that he had to uh, put aside, the, the weapons manufacturing and that. He had to put that aside... Though it was one of the only things he knew, came up with the hardest things, he was able to do it. And he was able to find like a more powerful alternative. And now looking back on it, I wouldn't say that I had this at the time. At the time, it was hope and prosperity. And now seeing that whole thing, it's like I also grew up kind of like I've always been a very vocal person. I've acted. It's what I love doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, for a while there, I had got involved in like politics and was doing like student government stuff, and right. it just it didn't. It wasn't. Like, it was what I it, and I had always done it in school. Every I was always in the class president doing this stuff and the mm-hmm. extra work, and I loved it. And and it just got to a point where it's what I knew, and it, and I I was almost like forced to step away from it in a way. And I was like, this is still my ability to like work towards a cause to use like my communication skills. Okay. I have a degree in public relations. I'm now. I don't have to do that sort of thing. So right. here I am elaborating. I don't fucking want to. But <laughs> it's, that's what it was. Like, yeah. That's what it was. And, and like kind of looking at it. And just like I just know down the line I'll be able to look back on it too. And it's like if there's something that I can't give up even more. I was able to do it with that one aspect. But I know that like um, with my own vices mm-hmm. when it comes to like starting a family and this and that. It was all just done so well. Though it's corny to like apply these to your life and be like I want to have something like this but it's like for a movie lover it's like in the best possible situation oh, yeah. to work out like this and this is something to remember for sure this modern fable has a good moral, moral to purpose, it and yeah. several of them Iron Man 3's is don't make your enemies yeah like, don't do that you, you that was that. another thing at the time so like kind of like it's it's guided me through this kind of final adult growth process where yeah in a fable kind of like mother goose way these more complex fables for adults right. yeah. are being told to like kids and young adults and teens that will have more feel more weight as the years as go by if they come back and watch it and even imprint their own experiences. Yeah, for me, for me, it's funny because I this is probably why I like Iron Man three as much as I do. Iron Man one two, I was like, oh, I dig this character, and Iron Man and Avengers, like he's fun. But Iron Man three is when he started to think as a character, crap, I am not. The world is bigger than me. I am not as big as I thought I was. It's much grander. And for me, that just resonated a lot with me because I was like, oh, I might have thought I was the best thing here or my best thing here, but I'm really just a small fish in this. And I have to kind of work my way and do what I do well in this world to kind of make it through. Like, I'm not I'm not Thor. I'm not Incredible Hulk. I'm, I'm not an alien. I'm not a god. But I can do what I can to kind of at least make it so that I can help out or I can be in this this position to kind of like fight for what the I believe in. Sure. And for me that that's why Iron Man 3 like resonates so much with me and he he continues that kind of thread going on cuz even with Civil War he kind of gets to this point where just like yeah. 
look, guys, we got to start being accountable for what the hell we're doing. So you you just start realizing that, yeah, as much as I thought I was the biggest thing since sliced bread, I can get knocked down a peg. And sometimes you need to be. And I think that's what made Tony resonate so much. Like he got knocked down a peg a lot, but he kept getting back up. It was like he knew, I just, I got to, I got to be here. I think mine is similar to yours in that it's a character I've always liked because he's been able to go, I was wrong, but now let's try this. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm often the kind of person who's like, well, I was wrong and I guess we should give up. Right. And we see so many heroes either never be wrong or be infallible. And we go back to somebody like Spider-Man. Like, well, he just gets the shit knocked out of him and he keeps getting back up. But he's always still right. Iron Man, the difference is that he's consistently arguably on the wrong side of history right. that in civil war and Ultron, he really is like fighting for something that nobody else is going to do. Right. And to watch somebody keep getting up and be like, no, we have to keep trying because I have my eye on the prize mm-hmm. and I'm just not going to stop and to have the conviction to do that. And even the honesty to admit his faults. I don't think we see that with a lot of other heroes either, where right. he can just kind of be like pepper. I come down here and I tinker. Yeah. Like, you know, Cap, I know we're doing this the wrong way, but, like, I got to do something because it's coming no matter what we right. do. All the way down to Endgame, and then he just loses it. And it's like, this is what I've been talking about. Yeah. This is this is the thing I was saying, and it's happened. Yeah. And even then, for him almost to be wrong in that movie, be it to tell them to leave or to, like, mess around with time right. or do all the things that he sort of said he wouldn't do, and he still does it. Right. Is great. It's a good arc to see. It's a great arc. Well, he was a great character. Yeah. And we will miss him, and he will live on forever in his films. And we will live on forever in this podcast as long as you give us a five-star review, <laughs> which you can do very easily. And then you can follow us on Hollywood. Already did its Twitter and Facebook page. I'm at, as always, Blake Zanes at Zigo's Elderly and Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. And we will see you next time. Later. Good night.